Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello. It probably doesn't surprise you to hear that I am an enthusiastic proponent of memorizing poetry. Having a few poems of your very own rattling around in your brain just makes things better. Like how salt makes the best steak better. Or if you're a vegetarian, you can think of putting salt on a tomato or an avocado or something. What a difference that makes. One of the things especially enhanced by memorized poetry is the experience of wandering around a graveyard. You do do that sometimes, I hope. There's no perspective quite like that from leaning your warm living bottom on a cold headstone, running your eyes over the beautiful old names of those people who lived and were just as important to themselves as you are to you. And remembering there's only one way out of here, but that right now you're alive. The poem I'm going to share today is one of my favorite graveyard companions, and one of the poems I most recently memorized myself. It's by Emily Dickinson. It's numbered 449 in the copy I have of her complete works. And it goes like this. I died for beauty but was scarce adjusted in the tomb when one who died for truth was lain in an adjoining room. He questioned softly why I failed. For beauty, I replied, and I for truth. The two are one, we brethren are, he said. And so, as kinsmen met a night and talked between the rooms until the moss had reached our lips and covered up our names. Oh man, I think I could do this entire podcast just on Emily Dickinson poems. Uh, Even just the first line arrests me. This poem's in my mind a lot, even when I'm not skulking around graveyards. I think it's partly because it gives me something to puzzle over. What is the relationship between beauty and the speaker's death? and truth and her companion's death. The poem starts, I died for beauty. That makes it sound like a martyrdom. But since this is coming from poet, I can't help but feel like I died for beauty almost means I lived for beauty if beauty was art. And perhaps her companion who died for truth wasn't so much a martyr or someone who died for the sake of truth, as someone who lived in a pursuit of truth. And when I think of Emily Dickinson's life, I think living for beauty or living for art meant dying to many other things. So maybe when I read between the lines, the first line, I died to so much in my life spent living for beauty or something like that. I add in all those extra words and 
not sure exactly how to make it all cohesive, but that is part of what is so fun. The words brethren and kinsmen here make it sound like the speaker could perhaps be a man. And I seem to remember reading articles in my past scholarly life that might have mentioned that, but Emily Dickinson had several very important relationships through her lives with men who were pastors and philosophers, teachers. She mostly corresponded with them through letters. So that's what I think here is more the platonic intimacy of two minds meeting through words, separate but corresponding through words. And it's interesting that these two corpses in their separate rooms of the tomb are speaking back and forth in words, kind of like a pen pal relationship. Gives me a lot to think about. And I, the ending, I think the end, the beginning and the ending, just so golden. I don't expect names. I don't expect the rhyme for her to rhyme rooms with names. But I also don't expect someone to not be able to speak anymore once their names have been covered up. And that makes me think of the relationship between being able to speak and say who you are, being able to say your name, but once that's taken away, their conversation ends. There's plenty here to think about the next time I or you am in a graveyard. I certainly don't have it all figured out, but I love this conversation. I love her crazy almost rhymes, and I love the idea that a person who's lived for beauty and one who's lived for truth come together and recognize each other as companions in the same pursuit. I'm going to read it one more time. I died for beauty, but was scarce adjusted in the tomb when one who died for truth was lain in an adjoining room. He questioned softly, why I failed. For beauty, I replied. And I, for truth, the two are one, we brethren are, he said. And so, as kinsmen, met a night, and talked between the rooms, until the moss had reached our lips, and covered up our names. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.